Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of season two of the Toward Light podcast. Today, I want to talk about the Satipatthana Sutta, which is the Buddha's teaching on mindfulness. And I'm specifically going to be talking about the refrain. Now, a sutta, the word sutta means teaching. So this is a teaching that the Buddha gave about how to practice mindfulness. Sati is the word that's used that we translate as mindfulness. That's not the best translation, but Pali, which is this language that the Buddha spoke, which was a regional dialect of Sanskrit in northern India where the Buddha lived, it is now a dead language. So the translations are always a little bit questionable, or we always have to be curious about what the word means. We translate sati as mindfulness. It also has this connotation, though, of remembering. If, if being mindful is being in the present moment, then we're also remembering to do that. Now, this refrain, it happens over 20 times in the sutta. This repetition is very common throughout the teachings because it was an oral tradition. It's easier to memorize with repetition. And because it occurs so many times, we do need to pay extra special attention to it. Now today I'm going to be talking about this refrain, about how we can use this to help us establish a continuity of mindfulness, not just in our meditation practice, but in our days. In season one, episode 19, I did talk about this refrain using the lens of anti-racism. So if that's interesting to you, you can check out that episode as well. It's this Satipatthana Sutta which is translated as the, often is translated as the four foundations of mindfulness. So the foundations of mindfulness, the first foundation is body, and there are different practices we can do to establish mindfulness of the body, like mindfulness of breathing, corpse meditation, mindfulness of the elements. Then there's the second foundation, which is Vedana or feeling tone. This is the initial flavor that we get in every experience, if it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. The third foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of mind, understanding the mind states. And the fourth foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of dhammas, or mindfulness of sort of everything else. And there's a series of lists, and there's a series of systems of categorization that we can use in this fourth foundation of mindfulness. So things like the six sense doors or the five hindrances. And in the sutta, after every time that the Buddha shares a practice, there's this refrain. And the words change a tiny bit depending on what practice it's referring to. But for here, I'm going to be using the word body. And I'm using a translation from Bhikkhu Inalio. Bikwinalio is a scholar monk who lives at the Berry Center for Buddhist Studies. He's done amazing work around mindfulness, and he's learned a bunch of ancient languages so he can compare and contrast the different traditions and try and get to what's the root of these teachings. 
He's also supports bhikkhuni ordination, which I think is really important. Here is the refrain in the Satipatthana Sutta. In this way, in regard to the body, they abide contemplating the body internally, or contemplating the body externally, or contemplating the body both internally and externally. They abide contemplating the nature of arising in the body, or contemplating the nature of passing away in the body, or contemplating the nature of both arising and passing away in the body. Mindfulness that there is a body is established in them to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and continuous mindfulness. And they abide independent, not clinging to anything in the world. So I'm going to break this refrain down into all of its separate little parts and talk about how we can use that in our practice, in our lives. This first aspect is abiding either internally or externally or both internally and externally. So what does that mean? Often when we think of mindfulness practice, that's an internal practice. We think about turning our attention inward and paying attention to our breath or our body or our mind states or whatever. And that, so that's often internal. And so I really want to emphasize the external, how we can do that. How can we be mindful externally? So if we're breathing, we can also be aware of others breathing around us, whether it's other humans or a pet. Sometimes I just lay down with my dogs and pay attention to their breath. I'm abiding externally. I'm being mindful externally, sometimes both internally and externally, because I'm paying attention to both my breath and their breath. One way you might already be doing this is if you do any sort of exercise class where you follow a teacher, we can often be mindful of what the other people's bodies are doing. So if I'm in a yoga class and I'm doing a downward dog and I look at the teacher I'm mindful externally of how her body is positioned, and I may adjust mine accordingly. We can also be aware, we can be mindful externally of the poisons in others. So the three poisons are greed, aversion, and delusion. And we can see when other people are acting those out. Now, this is different than judgment. I just want to be clear on that. Mindfulness has a quality of uh, separation and distancing. When we're watching someone get a second dessert, we might see, oh, greed is present. Or when we watch someone procrastinating, we might say, oh, aversion's present. Or when we watch someone zoning out, we might say, oh, delusion's present. Again, not judging, but just mindfully being aware externally the beauty of seeing these externally is that often it helps us to understand our patterns internally. The second part of the refrain is about abiding and watching experiences arise or pass away or both arise and pass away. We can do this throughout our days with the sense door of sight. We can watch traffic go by or the clouds in the sky. We can see how the wind affects the environment. We can watch things arise and pass away. We can also get in touch with this idea of arising and passing away. 
with sensations in our bodies, maybe hunger or an itch, or watching a wound heal, the whole process of getting a cut, it starting to heal, maybe being itchy while it scabs. So all of these are experiences that we can be with as they arise and pass away. Sometimes we can notice one more than the other. Maybe with hunger, it's like, oh, like we can really feel it when it's arising, but we don't always notice that it's passed away until we're over full sometimes, right? We can also look at arising and passing away with the poison. So we can reflect on a time when we were greedy or something that we really wanted that we no longer want or something that we used to hate that we no longer hate or something that used to be hard for us to be with and now we can be present with it. So we can see how our relationship to things and our relationship to these poisons is changing, is arising, is passing away, is both arising and passing away. The third aspect is this part where we abide in the knowing that, quote, there is a body, end quote. So this is actually a practice of naming or labeling or noting. This is a tool we can use. We can pick any of the senses, so any of the five senses or our mental state, and we can note what's arising. I've been doing this a lot recently to practice my Spanish, actually. So when I walk in the neighborhood, I just name things that I'm noticing in Spanish. But we can do this in our native language as well. As you're taking a walk, you can either note all the things that you're experiencing, or maybe you note the different senses. Oh, I'm seeing right now. Oh, I'm hearing. What we're doing is we're just training our attention. And we're saying that we know what we're knowing in this moment. There is a body, there is a sound, there is a smell, whatever. Another way we can use this around the poisons is imagine that you're listening to a friend and you can pay attention to if the poisons are present or absent. So as you're listening to the friend, you can notice, oh, is greed coming up? Do I want to say something? Or is there actually none of that? Am I pretty peaceful right now and just listening? Is kindness coming up? Or is there some kind of judgment or aversion to what they're talking about? Is presence coming up? Or am I checked out or distracted? So we can label these things. Oh, there is presence. Oh, there is delusion. Oh, there is greed. Again, not judging ourselves, but just getting interested and knowing what's really happening. Now, the continuing part of the sentence is once we abide in saying there is a body, we're abiding with bare knowing and continuity. So bare knowing is what I've been talking about, this sort of like witness idea that we're not wrapped up into it. We're just noticing. And the continuity is what we're bringing in, we're bringing mindfulness to as many moments as possible, knowing we can't do this perfectly, knowing we'll check out, but knowing we can check back in at any moment. 
The final aspect of the refrain says that we're abiding and not clinging to anything in the world. We can get to know these moments when we're not clinging. They can be very fleeting, but we can get curious. It's like an open palm feeling, a resting feeling, an acceptance. How do we feel it in our bodies? Where do we feel it the most? Or who do we feel it the most with? Are there other people or places where we never feel it? Just getting really interested. What does it feel like to not cling? Even just tasting it for a second. We can use these different aspects of the refrain, the internal, the external, the arising, the passing away, the noting practice, to help us stay connected mindfully throughout our days. And this can allow us to then not only bring more presence to ourselves, but to our interactions, and to hopefully, with that presence, foster a sense of calmness and peace for us and those around us. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.